Good morning, sunshine. Sunshine, good morning. 9.13 a.m. 9.13. April 9th. About to hop in that bunny suit, baby. Back at Bellevue Square. Just want to give you guys a little shout out. Get this episode of... The second episode of the Easter Bunny Chronicles kicked off. Hope you enjoyed the first one from yesterday, from last night. That was quite the epic podcast. I was loopy. I was, I was feeling loopy after, after doing bunny all day and then coming home and just talk, blabbing, babbling on and on and on. It's, um, that's how you do it. But this is just the intro. I guess you can see this intro for uh, the second episode of the Easter Bunny Chronicles of Stars Born. Um, about to hop in that suit, get at it over here at uh, Bellevue Square. Um, let's do it, baby. Without further ado, uh, let's just hop into the rest of the episode. Easter Bunny! Easter Bunny! Easter Bunny! Easter Bunny! I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go make, some, make some kids cry. Yeah, buddy. My car is in the front yard and I'm bunny break. I'm on break. I'm on break. Let's see. 1.43 p.m. Got my free Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I don't know. It's today. April 9th. Today might be a national ice cream day, actually. Um, yeah, I got a nice little bowl of uh, Ben and Jerry's back in the back room here. Bellevue Square. The back halls. The hallowed Hallowed halls of Bellevue Square. Uh, it's a good morning. Not too hot. Staying cool, you know. Spent, it's actually pretty busy. Went by fast. It was a busy morning. A lot busier than yesterday morning. Um, didn't move around too much. Pretty much just hung out. Uh, you know, hung out in the chair, waved at people. All that good stuff. Made some kids cry. All that fun bunny stuff. Got a... Oh, Linda, Mrs. Ellison. She was a teacher at our, my elementary school, and um, she's retired now. She does substitute teaching, but she's one of the helpers. She's always working, and she was working this morning, and she picked up a few boxes of free mini buns from Cinnabon, or Cinnabon, mini buns. Is it Cinnabon or Cinnabon? Uh, I think it's Cinnabon, but. Yeah, she got like three boxes of those. And then she told me and my brother, me and Nick, to take them home tonight. So we're going to have like 20 Cinnabons just sitting at home tonight. That's going to be, we're going to have Cinnabons, racks on racks of Cinnabons. Um, apparently they were a uh, day old. So I already had two of those this morning. They're pretty solid. So there's your, there's your treats update for the day. Um, yeah, what else did I want to say? Oh, yeah. Yesterday I mentioned during last night's podcast that that I was supposed to do photographer today all day, but uh, yeah, my brother just asked me this morning, say he wasn't feeling that well, so he didn't want to get in the hot furry suit, be like a a furry a furry convention out here. Um, so, but he didn't he didn't want to do it. So, um, yeah, I talked about the furry convention yesterday. <laughs> Something that maybe we'll do. A, maybe I'll. Um, Hillard, my boss, is, um, Hillard's like the main man over here at Arthur and Associates, uh, the top dog, the boss man, and um, yeah, he came in this morning, and I was in the bunny suit, and he was like, 
Arnie, Arnie, heard you moved to LA. Heard you moved to California. He's like, that's for sure? I was like, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> He's like, uh, do you have a job? <laughs> do you have a job? No. Do you have a place to live? No. He's like, him and Josh, him and Hoppy look at each other and they're like, that's okay, he's young. Um, He's young, he'll figure it out. So, I don't know, I guess uh, word spreads like wildfire once you tell a few people. Everyone's like, all right, Chris is moving to California now. I guess it's really happening. And it's it's all, it's in the works. It's, I can't wait. I think, oh man, it's gonna be crazy. But doing bunny now, bunnying up. So, so much fun though. It's hard to not be completely in the moment like stay present in the moment when you're doing that the bunny because because yeah you have to be in the moment if you're not you're gonna you're gonna like drop a baby or something or, or like pass out of heat exhaustion <laughs> like you have to you have to keep your breathing it's almost like meditating because you have to keep your breathing under controlled and especially when like everyone's yelling like people are yelling like cheese like smile and there's lots of like bright lights flashing and you're holding two crying babies or kicking and stuff or like two year olds they're like stronger so they they have more they're doing that thing where they like arch their back and then kick their legs that's like kick me right in the right in the nuts <laughs> right in the bunny nuts um but yeah that's um that's how you, it's meditation it's helping me it's helped keep me relaxed and keep my breathing under control it's um it's very yeah because then like once I'm out of the bunny suit I'm just like a completely different person because I'm like I'm free now like I'm not I'm not encumbered anymore um it's kind of a weird experience but it just it makes me appreciate the, the fresh air so much more like walking outside and just taking a huge breath of fresh air like you you would never know like the appreciation of that until you you wear this giant bunny suit <laughs> I'm telling you this just just uh don't take it for granted i think don't take anything for granted really but it's cliche it's corny but like i say my dad's from iowa so i got corn in my blood i got corn oil running through this blood (laughs) is that what it's called corn corn syrup corn syrup no corn syrups i guess that's iowa right (laughs) corn syrup that now it's just making me think of the bud light coors light commercials it was the no it was a bud light commercial that was like they were like, Coors Light and Miller Light have corn syrup, <laughs> and Bud Light does not have corn syrup. I'm like, that was the Super Bowl. That was this past Super Bowl. Um, I'm all over the place now. That was a pretty funny commercial, though. So, <laughs> corn's in the blood. All right. Speaking of ice cream, though, speaking of corn, ice corn. Um, ooh, that'd be a fun little invention. Ice corn. That'd be disgusting, actually. I don't know. That, that could be a way to, like, trick people into eating corn, like, in the eating, like, healthier. Just make it iced. Put it in ice cream. Why not have ice cream with corn in it? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Actually, I could, I bet in Iowa, at, like, the Field of Dreams Museum or something, I bet they have ice cream with corn in it. I'm just, just spitballing here, but I bet they got it. All right. But I'm going to eat my um, free bowl of Ben & Jerry's right here. I don't know the flavor. I think it's like my brother picked it up for me and brought it to me back here in the bunny room. But um, I think it's some sort of marshmallow chunk, marshmallow chunk flavor with caramel and chocolate and bits of ice cream cone in it. Um, 
I'm about to dig in. So then I'm gonna hop back in this bunny suit, baby. It's gonna be it's gonna be another day, another uh, man. Just time flies by though. That's the weird part is once you get in the suit, because I can't look at any clocks. I'm not looking at any time. Like I'm not looking at my phone or anything. No distractions really. I'm just completely in the moment and just time just flies by. It's crazy. But um, I'm gonna do it. Let's do it. Break is over. I'm on break. I'm on break. All right. Yeah, buddy. Tonight, I throw myself into Just Dance. Gonna be okay. Do, do, do. Just Dance. Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. Just Dance. Gonna be okay. Boop, boop, boop. Just dance. The record, babe. Shoot, do, do. Just dance. Break time. I'm on break. 5.13 p.m. Cooling down. Just walking around. Pacing back and forth on this filthy carpet. This is disgusting back here. Back here in the bunny room in the back of Bellevue Square. They really need a vacuum back here. This carpet is just gnarly. I've just noticed it just now. There's three... 32 packs. No, there's six 32 packs of Aquafina 16.9 ounce bottles just stacked up right here. And just a bunch of just a bunch of stuff. Just a bunch of mall stuff, you know, directories, books, shoes, all that stuff. But cooling down, you know. I'm on my second break. That's a good little uh mid-shift during the day. I like I feel like that's the hump of the of the day of the bunny shift it's the uh what is it 2 2 p.m to 5 p.m once you get over that that little three hour hump between the uh between the two breaks it's all it's all gravy from there because oh man the night the night i just danced it away i mean i was i was actually moving quite a bit just recently <laughs> just the past half hour because once i find out that break time's coming up or head break because i have to go on a head break like once every, I would say once every hour and a half or two hours, but oh my God, the first day, I went four hours without a head break. So I was just in that suit with a head on, just sitting there, um, out there in the middle of the mall for four hours straight, which is, that's definitely way too long in retrospection, looking back on it, hindsight 2020. But um, yeah, cause I, I would prefer to get like every hour and a half or so. Just to let you guys know where I'm at with the with the old Easter Bunny thing, but I'm wearing a wearing my Calvin Klein V-neck. Uh, let's see, large V-neck shirt. These are the ones, the same ones I wore to Red Robin back when, back in uh, September through December when I worked at Bothell Red Robin. And I'm also uh, using that same water bottle looking at it right now. But uh, Hoppy Hoppy tipped it over, or someone, maybe it was my brother. Accidentally kicked it over when it was in the little hut, and uh, apparently it spilled. So it's kind of a faulty water ball, but it makes sense because uh, Red Robin hooked me up with it right when I. What am I trying to say? Right when I got hired, gave me a little swag bag. I got a tote bag. I got a water bottle, but of course the free one they give out is just this cheap little plastic one that like water leaks through the lid. Like, come on, guys, come on, man. Come on, man. (laughs) 
I, don't, I prefer the uh, metal water balls. I like those metal. Are they tin? Is it tin or metal? Whichever one that is. I like those ones. But the plastic water balls, I don't know. Sometimes it work. I think it depends on the lid. Like, I, I don't mind those lids that, that flip up. The ones that flip up, those usually work pretty well. But, um, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I'm talking about water balls. Uh, yeah, I'm about to go out on break, listen a little... Man, break's not over for a little bit. I got some time. It's only... I got a, a little more than 10 minutes till, till I get picked up, go back out there for the final four hours of the shift. But I'm, I'm having so much fun. Like, I think you can tell if the bunny's having fun just, just by bunny body language. I guess you could just call it bunny language. <laughs> Instead of body language, it's bunny language. But I was just out there. I just... I found that if I keep my hands high, it's all about the hands when you're the bunny. Because, like, people are going to be looking at you anyway. So you just got to, like, I keep my hands high in the air, just waving them about, you know. I, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of, it's a combination between being, like, the queen, like, the queen of England versus, like, like going through a parade and, like, everyone's waving at you. So you have to wave at everyone. It's kind of that meets being, a, like, a celebrity because people are coming up to you to take pictures with you and give you hugs and tell you stories and stuff. But, I mean, I guess the Queen of England is a celebrity, though. She's probably probably the biggest celebrity in England, right? But <laughs> I don't know. I, have no, I don't know anything about the royal family. What is Meghan Markle? I don't, what, is she the... What's Meghan Markle? She's, she's something. <laughs> she's, she's one of those things in the royal family. Um, and then her dad. Remember that story about Meghan Markle's dad? Oh, my God. Trying to, what was he doing? He was like, he's trying to like capitalize off her fame somehow. I can't really remember the story, but I think he was trying to score some money off being the father of a famous person. Eh, Meghan Markle's dad? We'll have to look it up. I don't get good, uh, I have no Wi-Fi service back here in the the hallowed halls. The hallowed howls. Of, uh, that's a fun little, a fun little what are those those games that like in Anchorman when the newscasters are all warming up and they say like unique New York unique New York <laughs> the the, uh, the criminal had odd oddly shaped feet <laughs> like whatever he said like the the hamburglar had oddly shaped feet like when uh what's his name uh, Ron Burgundy is warming up for the cast oh my god that's so funny but <laughs> hallowed halls hallowed howls hallowed halls hallowed howls Hallowed halls, hollowed howls. So there you go. There's another uh, warm-up device. Any uh, newscasters out there listening, hit me up and let me know what that's called. I want to know what those warm-ups are called. When you're like, getting ready to go on air and you're... It's like warming up your mouth to, to pronounce... Pronunciation. I, I call it pronunciation warm-ups. But yeah, those are... That'd be fun to make a list of those. That'd be a good little idea. I like that. I'll have to... I'll text myself. That's what I do when I want to remember stuff. Even, like, I'll take notes. I do, I use the notes section on my phone for writing stuff. Like, ideas for the blog, for my blog, uh, thegoat1.blogspot.com. And um, check it out. <laughs> little plug there. Um, yeah, I got to throw myself a plug on my own podcast, you know? I mean, who, who's going to throw me a plug if, if I don't throw myself a plug? That's, <laughs> that's like a... A way of life. That's a way of living. 
Who's going to throw you a plug if you don't throw yourself a podcast plug? <laughs> a plug. Throw him a plug. Um, yeah, the goat one. <laughs> Man, if you guys can't tell, I'm just, I get all hyped up when I'm in the middle of this bunny shift. So I just feel like I got so much energy. Just That's why I get out there. I'm just like dancing and stuff. And then, then I get super tired. And then I get like real sweaty and tired. But then I drink a bunch of water and I get like revived. And <laughs> eat some food and come back to life. It's like a weird cycle. I get like, I get heated and then the head break. I cool down, drink a bunch of water get really refreshed and then get back out there. But, um, what was I just saying? <laughs> I completely lost what I was saying. Um, no, I was saying I, I take the, the notes section of my phone I use for writing my blog. And then if I'd ever really like important stuff that I really want to remember, I'll just, here's a little life hack for you. If you really want to remember something and you use your phone, if, if you don't want to use a old fashioned pen and paper, uh, pencil and paper, whatever. Um, just text yourself, just send yourself a text message and then close out of it before the text message um, appears. So then you'll have a new text message, you know? You know, if you have an iPhone, you have the little one, the little red number one. Um, so you got a new text message. So whenever you scroll down or whatever, or you'll, you'll be reminded. You flip over to your text and you'll be like, oh yeah, I texted myself that I need to do that. So that's what I'm gonna do for the newscaster's warm up. Is it, it's not mnemonic devices, because mnemonic is when you're trying to remember something, but some sort of pronunciation, warm-ups. So I'll send myself a text, and till then, I'm going to go uh, dance the night away, dance the night away, hold me close, a tiny dancer, hold me close, a tiny dancer. Yeah, that's all the words I know to that one. <laughs> oh my god. I think that's a song, ironically. I don't know if it's probably not ironic. Because I don't think it's hard to nail down the definition of that word. But I think that was the song that was playing when I got uh, my last ticket. <laughs> my last, my speeding ticket. Um, driving back from Moscow, from the Moscow Farmer's Market. <laughs> driving back to Pullman. Just in that little eight-mile stretch. <laughs> Uh, a cop was driving the other way. It's a two, little two-way, kind of a two-way freeway. And a cop was driving the other way, and they just whipped a Yui on me. They whipped a Yui on me. And it was, I don't know. It was obviously, like, you're going to be upset if you ever get a ticket. So <laughs> I've never heard of someone getting... I mean, like, I don't think I was... Let's see. Let me try to defend myself. I was probably driving... I was definitely driving too fast, but I'm pretty sure I was just... It's like leading the pack... You know when you kind of get like out in front of the pack, like maybe 10 feet or 20 feet or however many? So I kind of, I don't know, I was kind of the pace car for everyone and the cop just nabbed me. So that's what happens. Some advice for y'all. Don't, um, don't speed. It's not, I've never sped somewhere and then been happy that I got there like earlier. Like, it's not, it's not that big a deal if you just spend a few more minutes in your car. I mean, that's a... I think that's like a reasonable, relaxed way to look at it. Just take the extra five minutes or however many, get to your destination on time. Just leave earlier. Instead of speeding, just leave earlier. How about that? That's like the ultimate preparation. But, um, man, I'm, I definitely don't, I don't speed as much as I, man, it's just not good. It's not, not good for, like, I'll, I'll stay hovering at like seven to eight mile an hour range over. But I think, 
that's fairly common for people. <laughs> like, you know, just go the flow of traffic. Like if I was if I was teaching, if I was a driver's ed teacher, I would I'd just tell people to drive the flow of traffic. So I don't know. I don't know what they teach people anymore, but let's get back to it. Let's get back to the East. My break's almost over, so I didn't even get a chance to eat any of my sandwich, but luckily I had some Beecher's cheese samples. Uh, Beecher's cheese, delicious, actually. Um, a little plug there. If you want to sponsor A Star is Born, um, let me know. Beecher's. Beecher. Um, I don't know if that's like an international cheese place or if it's a northwesty, northwesty, but alas, alas, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get ready because I'm about to get picked up by Pop. I was going to say Poppy, by Hoppy. Hoppy's about to come back here and get me, bring me back out. So I'm going to get my uh, furry suit back on. And uh, for now, I'll talk to, you, talk to you in a second. Well, for me, it'll be a few hours, but for you guys, it'll be just a second. So till then, ciao. If I had a million dollars, we wouldn't have to walk to the store. Bunny's back in town. Bunny's back in town. Do do do. The bunny's back in town. Bunny's back in town. Back. Ten forty p.m. Holding it down. My parents' backyard. I love these uh, jalapeno Christmas lights they have dangling around the back door. These little jalapenos. They're red. And this, it's the only light I have out here. It's lovely. It's just quite, quite lovely. Um, watching the Mariners game, the rerun of it, through the, uh, through the, I guess I should lay out my parents' house a little more. So, like I said, the kitchen is behind me right now, and I'm facing the TV room. And I just opened the, the blinds on the doors, so I'm just looking at the TV, watching the rerun of the Mariners game. The re-airing, it's the bottom of the fourth. Mares are up 4-2. I'll take it, baby. And this is practically live for me because I have not even checked who won this game. So, man, I, I might just have to watch till the end of this of this re-airing. It's, it's exciting. It's, it's good as new. Good as new, right? It's like a used car. The used car of... <laughs> wow. I just, I just realized that... Man... Was it like what syndication like syndicated sitcoms? They're like used cars. Hmm. Is there something there? <laughs> and then like each week when they have the new showing, that's like a new car, and um, it's not as valuable really. Cause well, I mean, I guess it is valuable, but like you know how people. <laughs> I'll try to make this comparison work here. So used cars, you spend a lot less money on them, and they're not that much poor quality. And syndication, like syndicated sitcoms, there's a lot more of them. So you don't have to spend as much time like waiting for like Thursday night at 8 p.m. to watch TGI Thursday <laughs> and um, TGIT. Um, yeah, so that's, I think that's an apt comparison because, yeah, syndicated sitcoms, they're like used cars. They're a dime a dozen. Is that what that dime a dozen means? There's so many of them that they're... They're a lot less expensive, and and they still bring you like I could have just as much fun watching a, an old airing of Seinfeld as I could watching some new sitcom that's on like, NBC, whoever's on NBC these days, you know, what's that one show? Oh, This Is Us. That's the sh- I've never seen it, but 
it's like one of those shows that you've never seen but you've just heard about a bunch and I've seen those people I've seen the people in it um the whole cast they were on what was that the Golden Globes I think they were on the Golden Globes or yeah I believe so presenting a an award an award but um the good place the good place is on NBC I don't think it's actually I don't think it's on anymore I think that show got canceled actually somehow that's that's one of those that it's in my back pocket my mom recommended highly recommended that I watch that show and um I'm gonna but not um I don't know there's lots of there's so many shows out there that you always can't you can't watch all of them so um, I, I feel like I, I know you guys know the feeling just being buried in like Netflix <laughs> just buried in Netflix just I'm not even gonna try diving into it I'm just too intimidated I get super intimidated by by Netflix just looking I'll just browse I, I'll never even it's too hard to even choose a movie anymore <laughs> or like a, a show I there's so many options and it's tough it's tough uh it's like the paradox of choice that uh Barry Schwartz wrote that book I remember doing a book report on that I think that was like I was in college, like in a psychology class, back when I was going to major in psychology, when I went to Western Washington University up in Bellingham, Beham. Um, yeah, I remember reading that Paradox of Choice book. That's a good book. It just basically lays out the the more choices. So if like you go in a grocery store, and you're in the cereal section, and there's like fifty different cereals, then it's gonna it's gonna um, First of all, it's going to take you a lot longer to decide. And then it, once you decide, once you make that decision, you're going to, what's it called? You're going to have a buyer's remorse. You're going to have way more buyer's remorse because there's so many missed opportunities. Um, there'll be like 49 cereals that you could have had versus if there's only like, let's say, let's just use example. Instead of cereal, why don't we use TV? Like everyone knows that. Everyone knows TV. There used to only be like three channels, whatever. CBS, NBC, ABC, right? Those are like the three big ones. And um, yeah, there used to be only those three channels. And now there's thousands of channels and not even including Netflix. Like you don't even get, don't even get me started on Netflix. But so then it makes the consumer a lot less happy when they're watching the thing that they're watching because there's so many missed opportunities and um, I can't remember what opportunity costs. That's what they're called. They're called opportunity costs. When you um, have to give up something, have to have to miss a, an opportunity because you choose something. So like there being like ten thousand different things you could watch. That's like ten thousand missed opportunities. So ten thousand opportunity costs. Man, I feel like I just gave you guys a. I just turned into a psychology college professor right there. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I don't know. I was pretty interested in psychology. This is, I, I was going to major in it when I went to Western, but I switched my major a couple of times. Like I wanted to be a counselor at one point. I remember being like, I would, I would like to be a high school counselor. I don't know why, but I think I, I think I wanted to because, uh, my coach BJ Dawson, like I loved, uh, coach Dawson. He was, he was like my favorite coach, uh, track and field, Bothell track and field. Uh, I think he was for two years, junior and senior year. He was a coach there, and he was a counselor. Um, yeah, he was a counselor at our school as well. 
I think he junior year he worked at Inglemore, which is one of the rival high schools of Bothell. But then senior year he he came to Bothell to be a counselor there. And yeah, I just I like I idolized him. I thought he was super cool, cause oh my god, he was like amazingly fast. He ran for uh, UW, University of Washington. That's what we call you, uh, UW, over here in the Pacific Northwest, the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Um, but yeah, he was a runner over there. He ran like he ran the four hundred, so that's another reason why I was a big fan of his, <laughs> because I would I ran the four hundred. That was my favorite race, the four hundred and four by four relay, and that's what he did. That's his specialties. But he he was way faster than me. Like in college, pretty sure his personal best. I think he actually ran. I'm pretty sure he ran the Olympics somehow. Amazingly, and his personal best for the 400 was it was like ridiculous, like 44 seconds. Like yeah, like Olympic worthy. An amazing time, and my claim to fame is that I once I hit uh. <clears throat> 49.7 49.7 seconds but that was only on a my my lap time for the 4x400 relay so you have to count for like the handoff of the baton and uh it kind of muddles that timing a little bit so I mean coach BJ timed it like on a stopwatch so maybe he was just being generous when he said that. like maybe I didn't actually run that fast but that's like looking back that could have very well been what happened because <laughs> like 50 is a very big that's a huge barrier at least for like high school track and field for the 400 if you break 50 seconds like that's like a good time i would say for i mean definitely for high school i remember because i the fastest i ever ran in the 400 just the race not the relay was like i think it was like 51 it's like 5105 so I I don't think I even broke fifty one seconds in the in the four hundred, um, but in the four by four at least, unless B J was just messing with me, <laughs> maybe I mean looking back like that wouldn't have been like the wrong thing to do like just make me feel because it made me feel so good because uh, I was the anchor leg I would always run pretty much always ran the anchor leg the last leg of the relay and bring it home and under sub 50 seconds that was like a huge deal like I remember that being pretty much the highlight of my track and field like almost yeah that was like the highlight of my my high school athletic career because I just did the running I just did track and field and cross country in high school but I I did all the ball sports football baseball basketball uh like through ninth grade but then I stopped all of them once I got to high school for some reason I guess I just wanted to do the, the individual sports, but I mean, I played uh, recreational basketball through high school, like I've told you guys about, but um, yeah, that was like the highlight, that was the, the peak of my athletic career, was breaking 50 seconds on the, the anchor leg of the 4x4 in the relay, and I think that was in the penultimate, that may have been the penultimate race, relay race in my career, because I believe it was... Well, that was a, some good vocabulary right there. Penultimate. Um, <laughs> second to last. Um, of, yeah, because it was districts. It was districts right before state. And I went on. I went, that was also the, the other highlight of my high school athletic career was uh, running in state. Running running track in state. That was awesome. 
doing the 4x400 relay. And yeah, running the 400 being, I think it was one of the, what, there's probably two heats, I would say. There must have been two heats. So probably one of the 16, one of the top 16 400 runners in the state of Washington in the year 2011. Boom, I'm practically a celebrity in uh, Brooks Running Stores. <laughs> Anytime you walk into a Brooks Running Store, they just, look at this guy. This guy's a this guy's a runner. We know Chris Arneson. All bow down to Chris Arneson, the holy grail <laughs> of running. Oh, my God. I just, I was thinking Brooks Running Stores because I used to run in Brooks. Like, I think that's, yeah, those were my pretty much my go-to cross-country shoe were Brooks. They have good trail shoes. I think it's also a Northwest company. So holding it down with the representing. I like the I like to represent the area. And um I think I ran an I it definitely ran an ASICS for my track spikes. So that was one of the weird things about track was just the metal spikes. Like just walk I remember walking on concrete, the feeling of walking on concrete and metal track spikes is like it's almost comparable to like fingernails on a chalkboard it's this that kind of thing um yeah it's so crazy i don't know that's funny that's funny how you can just remember like a f- that feeling like i'm just thinking back and i i distinctly remember how it felt just walking on that on cement with my with my metal track spikes cuz it's just so like it's so awkward and you could just you just step in a storm drain or something and just sprain an ankle <laughs> just right before the race. <laughs> like you're going to the bathroom. Just That's why you don't wear. That's why you try to never, never walk around on concrete with your, uh, with your metal track spikes. And it makes sense, but I don't know. I don't know when we did that, but I definitely remember doing it. So probably wasn't good for him either. Those were probably pretty expensive. I mean, like those track spikes are not those aren't cheap. Those must have been like 80 bucks or something (laughs) like running, running equipment is underrated how expensive it is. Like people don't realize you think that like running would just be free. Like you just go run in the woods or whatever. It's just free. Like there's no like admission price. You don't have to buy a ticket to go to the woods, but yeah, running is expensive. You have to, you have to buy new shoes. Like every, if you run a lot, I mean, I'm sure people I'm sure people who run like every day or five days a week probably probably buy new running shoes every six months or something like or every however many miles I don't know how many miles <laughs> it's like a car with oil change it's the same same kind of idea <laughs> um, but yeah running's expensive and those running shoes like a nice pair of Brooks or something that'll run you like <laughs> get it pun intended that'll run you like a, over a hundred dollars so that's that's expensive. That's a lot. Um, and yeah, and the, the track spikes, and then you have to buy like dry fit shirts and then like running shorts and uh, hats. Lots of people. That's one thing I never understood. I don't get how people run in hats, like wearing like a baseball hat. Like it seems like encumbering. Like it seems like it'd be really uncomfortable to me. I've never, I've never been one of those people. But if I did, I'd probably run in my. Uh, starry mountain, uh, stretchy meshy trucker trucker running ball cap. I think it actually is a running hat that the we sell baseball hat that 
dates back to episode one of A Star is Born. Oh my god, it was with me from the beginning since uh since the Will Ferrell episode. But man, now I'm just you get me going. Once you get me going, it's hard to stop. I'm a runaway train, but it's just being in that bunny suit. I think this is what it is. I just realized. Um, it's not being able to talk all day. It's it's cause it's cause I was sitting there for over 12 hours, like 12 and a half hours. And I just, I can't talk to anyone. Like I'm not supposed to say anything. I'm the bunny man. I'm the bunny man. <laughs> and yeah. And now I just, I got, I've all, all these words are stored up in my head. It's like a, it's like a word cloud, a cloud of words, cloudy with a chance of grammar, <laughs> cloudy with a chance of word balls. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Man, what else did I want to say? I just wanted to say, oh yeah, one more thing. I'll leave you with this and then I'll wrap this baby up. The second installment of the Easter Bunny Chronicles. It's just interesting to me. Something I've noticed. So I, I, I wave at people. I, be, I do a lot of waves and I can see people like a lot of like adults or, or like, 18 like teenagers or whatever like I'll wave at them and they're like trying to be cool and they're trying to they're so so they'll like pretend like they didn't see me and but and they'll just keep walking like if they're like with their friends or something and um or I even have like this is more like a like 14 year old like this is like 14 year old boy range like I'll wave at them and then they just flip me off. <laughs> it's like, I don't get it. Like, you're in the middle of the mall and you just like f- throw your middle finger up. Like, or I've heard people swear. Like, I've heard people like be like, F you, bunny. <laughs> but this is like, you're like, just walking in the middle of the mall and there's like a bunch of people around and you're just like yelling out that word and flipping people off. I think it's kind of inappropriate. <laughs> but, um, but then other times I'll do the same exact way that people. The thing is, I'm the bunny. I'm like the, I'm the mountain. The bunny is the mountain of the mall. So I'm, I'm, don't change. I'm never changing. I just do the same thing to everyone. You know what I mean? It's the same wave to everyone. It's the same. It's, I'm, I'm not changing based on the person. I mean, obviously like a tiny baby, I'm not going to like try to scare him or something, but I might get like goofy with like adults, like do funny waves at him. But, um. What was I trying to say? Oh, yes. It's just the reaction is what changes. Like, I don't really necessarily change what I'm doing, but the reaction of the person is what changes. And I think it's, oh, yes, this is what I was thinking when I was in the bunny suit today. I was like, the bunny is kind of, it's a it's a mirror. It's just holding up a mirror to, to society, to, or to, at least to the person that the bunny is addressing. Because when I wave at a person, like a lot of people will just they'll like laugh or like people just break out laughing just ha <laughs> just like insane like just with their it's usually like with friends obviously like but actually I wave at people who are alone and then and then they laugh so <laughs> so it's not just it's not just people who are in groups or couples but then I'll do the same I do the same waves at some people and they'll just they look at, I can see their eyes look at me and then just, just keep walking, like not even, not even acknowledge me. But then, I mean, I suppose maybe, maybe self-esteem, like it sounds weird. Maybe I'm drilling down on it too much, but it could be a self-esteem thing. Like they might just think that 
the Easter Bunny is waving at someone else. They're not important enough for the Easter Bunny to wave at them. But, um, because also there's like big groups of people like around, it's kind of in the center court area of the mall. So it's, it's like a lot of people, it's right next to guest services, like I said, and a lot of people are always walking through from like all directions. And, um, yeah, so they might just think that I'm waving at someone else. That could be, but I think I, I get, I'll see, I love like, I like seeing people freak out and get scared. It's funny. It's, it's like, I'll have a good chuckle. That's for sure. Like, when I wave at people and they get freaked out because they think I'm a giant stuffed bunny. They think I'm, I'm like a, I'm fake. I'm not real. Because, like, I, I'm not moving always, obviously. So, a lot of people will just walk by and think I'm just a giant stuffed bunny. And then I wave at them. And they're like, oh, my God. And they do that super surprise thing. And they're like, ah, oh, I can't believe he's real. Like, that's, like, about half the time it's like half the time that will happen and then about like a lot of the time I'll wave at them and then they'll like smile it's just like a huge smile like and wave back like just do the same wave and that's another big thing about being the Easter Bunny is once someone waves at you like how you hook them here's a little tip for you guys if you're ever if you're ever doing mascot any mascot work of any sort speaking of mascots I heard a guy today he asked Hoppy if, he's like, is that the Mariner Moose? He, that's what he asked me. He's like, is that the same? Or he didn't ask me. He asked Hoppy, uh, my coworker. My, uh, yeah, the coworker, uh, photographer dude who's always there, Josh, Hoppy. Um, he's like, is that the same guy who does the Mariner Moose? And I was like, I felt, that made me feel really good because that means he, that means he thought that I was a professional mascot. He thought I was a legit major league baseball mascot. Like someone who does that job, like that made me feel really good because I was just like, I must be doing, I must be doing something right. <laughs> cause I, I don't know. Cause if he thinks that, I mean, maybe it's just, he just, <laughs> maybe this guy thinks it's a really small world and everything's connected. <laughs> every, every mascot's the same. Just there's one person doing all the mascots, but what was I going to say? I was going to say, if you're doing mascot work, if, if you ever find yourself like, at Disneyland, like in a giant Pluto costume or a Winnie the Pooh or something. What you gotta do? Here's how you get people's attention. So, do like a funny wave at them. Once you get their attention, they'll do some sort of motion at you. Then all you have to do is just imitate them. Just do the same exact thing as they do, and it'll freak them out. <laughs> and that's like that's all I've been doing. It's like I'll wave at people just to get their attention, and then they'll like look at me and do some sort of wave or hand motion and I'll just imitate it the exact same thing and it catches their attention and that's how that's how I hook them for the for the long con the long con wave <laughs> where they go all the way down just keep walking to the other side of the mall and I just I just wave both my hands in my air in the air <laughs> just wave them like I don't care just keep waving my hands in the air <laughs> and then like I got a I've gotten a few people really good like very far like like hundreds of feet down the mall because the thing they do it's always like a group it's always like two or three people so the, they'll just like keep walking like 20 feet and then just keep peek like peeking over their shoulder or just like turning around and like this that's always the people that they're always losing it just laughing just laughing hysterically because it's i think it's funny like think about it 
if a bunny, a giant Easter bunny waves at you when you're walking by and then just keeps waving at you. It's, it's like a funny, like creepy. I'll do like the funny, creepy wave. Like another thing I do is a tiny, I'll do a tiny wave. You know what I mean? Like kind of curl up my hands and just do the tiniest wave. I can. <laughs> it's so funny. That, that one almost, it almost always gets it like a laugh from the audience. I don't <laughs> from the audience. It is, it's true. Like the giant Easter bunny just doing the tiniest little wave at, at people. Like if I can get their attention, like I'll just wait till basically what I do is I wait till someone's like eyes till their eye contact looks looks at me and then really quickly I'll just get a wave up there. That's like that's like what I've found in my strategy cuz that's how I pass the time. <laughs> that's how you pass the time just sitting around for 12 hours doing the Easter bunny cuz there's a lot of dead time. There's like a lot of like tonight from 5:30 to 9:30 we probably only did like two group like two or three groups like barely any we were just like sitting there and I was just hanging out like doing some dancing for sure like standing up and waving for doing the, the long con wave and the tiny wave <laughs> oh my god but I just do the tiny wave it's just so funny to me like because I picture I picture what they're seeing like from their point of view just a giant easter bunny like doing a tiny little wave at them and um it makes me laugh. Like it makes me laugh inside, inside the head, <laughs> inside the giant uh, bunny head. So, so that's why I do it. Cause I just do stuff to make myself laugh. <laughs> I think that's like a good little life hack for you. I'll, maybe I'll leave you. I'll leave you with that little piece of advice. Um, life advice for you from a, from a young man here over here in Washington state. Um, Washington. I love it when people say Washington. That's one of my favorite things. Being from Washington State and going to Washington State University. Oh, my grandma, Grandma Sharon. Uh, that's how she used to say it. She used to say, Washington. It's like an old. It's an old person thing. It's a. It's a generational thing. I don't think that's like a accent. It's like, it's like a, it's not a geographical accent. It's a age accent. <laughs> Is there such thing as age accents? <laughs> like, you know, how like old people, old people like start to talk kind of, man, I don't know. <laughs> I can see it like a 75 year old lady. Them starting to sound kind of similar. Maybe, maybe an age accent. That could be a thing. Um, Washington state. But yes, what was I going to say? Life life advice, life hack. Just whatever, do whatever you can to entertain yourself and uh, make yourself laugh. Give yourself a chuckle. I mean, like if you're at work or whatever you're doing, on a road trip with family or whatever, at a family reunion, and at a ball game, maybe you're at a baseball game and you hate baseball and you're just trying to pass the time. And you're just so bored. But um, just try to entertain yourself. Like, Make a game out of it. That's that's kind of what I was doing. That's what I was kind of getting at from the whole doing the tiny waves and the the long con waves and and all the different kinds of waves. <laughs> that's what that's what as an Easter Bunny you really specialize in. Your your wave portfolio really expands. That's for sure. My wave game is on lock right now, <laughs> but I could definitely challenge the Queen of England with waves to a wave off. <laughs> To a wave off, oh my god, like a like a duel. 
He was, he's like an old west duel, but just the Easter Bunny and the Queen of England. This is a good sketch. This could be like a funnier die sketch. Easter Bunny and the Queen of England, like an old west duel. So like, or is it? Is it an old west duel when they take ten steps and turn around and shoot each other? Or is that a Mexican duel? I, I get the Mexican duel and the old west duel mixed up, but one of those, the one that you walk ten, you're, you're standing back to back, then you walk like ten steps and turn around. And then like fire at each other. Except instead of firing at each other, you'd be waving. <laughs> you'd be the the and then there'd be judges. There'd be uh wave judges who Yeah, they break it down. There's there's like the Russian judge who's like really tough on the he's tough on the Queen of England. He'd be tougher on the Queen of England. But actually <laughs> do they have Eastern Russia? That's probably such a dumb question. I'm sure. Of course they have Eastern Russia. What am I saying? That's the dumbest question I've ever heard. <laughs> Do you ever just like say some... I've said that. I've said dumb questions. And as I'm saying it, I know it's like... So I know it's like a dumb question. <laughs> Do they have Easter in Russia? Of course they do. Um, but for some reason, I feel like... I feel like the Easter Bunny would be... I don't know. Would he be a celebrity in, in Russia? Hoppy was telling me about this video called... It's like a YouTube show called a uh, life of boris <laughs> and he's what what do he what do you say the name of the russian gangster it's like popka or i think it might be something like that it's not popka but it's around it's something in that vicinity of words <laughs> in the ball field in that word ball field but um that's the name of like what like a you know like adidas tracksuit uh classic like russian gangster that's what the life of boris is about apparently so uh, maybe I'll have to check that out. <laughs> if you're listening right now, Boris, um, what's up? Maybe we'll work together sometime. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll come to Russia, rob a train with you, like Burt Kreischer. Um, man, that's such a... F- man, Burt Kreischer, I can't believe... Like, he's one of my favorite comedians, that's for sure. Honestly, Burt might be my favorite comedian. Like, I'm, it's him. I'd say if I give you my top three comedians, no particular order right now, it's Burt. Pete Holmes and Doug Benson. Those three guys are dynamite. Like, dynamite. And they all work together, too. Like, they've all been on each other's shows. Like, Burt's been on Douglas movies. I don't think Doug Benson's ever been on Burt's podcast. I don't know why that's never happened. But, um, Pete Holmes has been on Getting Doug with High. And Pete Holmes has been on Douglas movies. Oh, my God. You guys... Okay, if you... If you've never seen Getting Dug With High, uh, the show that, the YouTube show, speaking of YouTube shows, that I interned for, uh, for one episode back in September 2015, um, but I, I was really an intern for Jash, so I actually did two weeks, two weeks, uh, two, two Thursdays, I mean, obviously, I mean, it wasn't two full weeks, it was just two days, separate weeks, but um, that's how long I lasted with Jash, in the Jash internship. But that was a company. That's the company that did uh, Getting Dug with High, and or they still do, I should say. It's the same ones that I'm gonna email. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up Daniel Kelson, um, the dude. I I talked about all this recently, but um, yeah, Daniel Kelson, the man who, um, the CEO of Jash, who hooked me up with the internship in the first place, that brought me down to Los Angeles back back in 2015. 
God, I'm just, I can't stop thinking about that. I'm just so excited. <laughs> but no, I obviously have to, I'm still staying present. It's hard to not be present in the moment when you're, when you're in a friggin' furry convention suit. <laughs> oh my god! But um, I totally just lost my train of thought there. What was I just? What was I just saying? I was talking about getting down with high. Excuse me, but um, if you want to watch an episode of Getting Down with High, so either watch the Jack Black episode. Uh, Jack Black was on the show. Um, you could watch the one I worked. The one I worked was. Uh, Kimberly Congdon, Todd Glass, and Michael McDonald, who's from Matt TV, and those uh, Melissa McCarthy movies. He's in Spy. He's in, I think he's in The Heat, and he's probably in the new Ghostbusters too. But he's in like all of, all the Paul Feig movies, all those. But um, yeah, he's Matt TV. That super tall guy from Matt TV who kind of looks like kind of like Frankenstein-ish. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's how I describe him. I would say, uh, maybe kind of like a tall vampire like a vampire who plays basketball <laughs> um he was nice he was very like hollywood hollywood e like he he gave like a big wave to the to the room when he left he was like thanks everyone <laughs> but then todd glass oh my god todd glass is the man he's been he's been on getting dug with high more than any other person he's been on that show probably like 30 times or something but um he taught he's so cool he's like the nicest person in real life like he talked to us interns it was me and like a couple other interns just standing around uh sitting around the craft services tables uh, before before we started the show and we were just talking to Todd or maybe this was after the sh- this could have been after the show after, actually it was either after or before but um Todd Glass was just chatting us up like for just like five minutes, he was just talking to us, and he, I, the thing I remember about Todd Glass that makes me like love him as a person, like he's the nicest person, is he, he, he took the time to address each individual intern, each person, like he he talked to me specifically, and he's like, "Where are you from?" Like he, he's like, "Where are you from? How long you lived here?" Bada bada ba, and that's like so. I don't know, even if he only talked to me for like 30 seconds or whatever, just the fact that he like looks, give the eye contact, give, give the time of day, like, and just treat, I don't know, it's like, it's more about like treating, treating like the interns, like he's, he's treating us like we're the same, like we're on the same level as him, even though we're obviously, he's like a famous comedian, a successful famous comedian who's been doing it for 30 years and he was just being super nice to us and just taking the time to talk to each one of us individually. And like, yeah, I, I just, that's what makes me like love Todd Glass. Like he's the man. Cause like I, Michael McDonald, he didn't like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to bash Michael McDonald, like be mean to him. He's, he was a nice guy too. He was like, but he didn't, he didn't take the time to, to talk to, or Kimberly Condon. She was kind of, She's not as famous. <laughs> Kimberly Kong is kind of... She was more on the come up back then. Um, back in 2015. Actually, I believe... I think that's when Kimberly Congdon was a regular on Kill Tony. Kill Tony is one of my favorite podcasts. I love Kill Tony. Um, Tony Hinchcliffe, Brian Redband, and Jeremiah Watkins do the... Um, yeah, one minute. It's one minute of stand-up comedy from a random audience member basically but or stand up they're usually stand up comics or 
But a lot of the time it's people who have never done stand-up comedy before and they try it for the first time on Kill Tony. So, but wait, what was I? <laughs> I get I get myself in these pickles. That's why I need, that would, that's what would be helpful about having co-hosts. It's just someone to keep me on track and be like, so I can be like, what was I just talking about? Just a minute ago <laughs> and then just have the person who can be like remind you that's like what producers are for is the person to be like oh yeah you were talking about Todd Glass and Michael McDonald and Kimberly Congdon yep Kimberly Congdon being a regular on Kill Tony um yeah I think she was I think that's when she was a regular back in September 2015 probably right around that time period um so yeah I didn't but that's back before I even knew the show I didn't find out about Kill Tony until Man, that's a, like 27, maybe 2018 actually. Yeah, no, last year. Wait, yeah, just I think May. Cause I remember in uh, Great Falls, Montana, being at my grandpa's house uh, for my grandma's funeral, and I stayed like five extra days there with my grandpa, and just I listened to so many Kill Tony episodes. <laughs> so so I have like I have my grandpa's house in Great Falls. Well, specifically my grandpa's house. Like, I identify it with Kill Tony. Like, it's that weird thing where if you listen to enough podcasts in the same place, then you that memory becomes linked with that podcast. Like, the same thing happened to me with uh, Dining with Doug and Karen in Los Angeles. Like, I remember being in my apartment, in my showroom uh, fake apartment in Los Angeles. Um, the one that I would find out, like, like 10 days later that was I wasn't supposed to be there I wasn't supposed to be living there the person wasn't supposed to be subleasing it to me but um I remember being in that like it was a nice apartment too I probably should have been suspicious that it was only like I think it was only supposed to be like 700 800 a month which is that's not that much for Los Angeles for it was a nice part of town it was right by uh La Brea Tar Pits right there in like Wilshire mid Wilshire but um, I identified d- dining with Doug and Karen with that apartment because I listened to hours, hours on hours, because I was being so lazy. I I didn't I didn't even try to get a like looking back, I did not set myself up for success at all. Like I'm just so much more prepared after that first run of going of trying to move down there and just kind of trying to figure it out. It's kind of like kind of like when a kid comes up to the Easter Bunny and they're just visiting just for the first time, just to say hi and give a high five. And then those, they'll be back in a few days with their brothers and sisters for the picture. But it's that kind of dry run. It's the same idea. That's kind of, man, I think that's a good way to look at my first time moving to LA. Definitely wasn't a failure. Like, of course not. It was just preparation. But I mean, looking back at it, I wasn't, I wasn't setting myself up for success. Like that's something that you have to do. You have to set yourself up to win so I wasn't, I didn't have money saved up. I'd have any money saved up. I didn't even try to get a job once I got down there. Um, Cause let's see, I I went, the internship was like on Thursday, I think. So then I had like all week till the next Thursday. And yeah, I just remember like not even, not even looking for a job. So it's like, I wasn't, I wasn't immersing myself in it enough. Like I wasn't diving into the deep end. Like, you know how you, you have to like throw your hat over the wall. You have to, you have to commit yourself to something. You can't just go half half seas into moving to California. 
that's like something that that's like your whole life. Like, I think that's like something I'm still wrapping my bunny head around is that it's like your whole life. It's not, it's not just a little thing. This isn't just a shtick or not a shtick. It's not just a little like fling or something. This is like everything. Like <laughs> it sounds dramatic. That sounds very dramatic right now, but it's true. My parents moving, moving to Spokane. I'm not, that's out. I'm, I'm not coming back to Bothell. I'm not, I'm not moving to Seattle. Seattle's just as expensive as LA. Seattle's expensive. And, um, I'm not moving to Spokane. I'm not, I'm not staying in Pullman either. Like there's nothing like, I love Pullman. I, you guys know how much I love Pullman just based, based on how much reverence I have in my voice. When I talk about it, like a star is born HQ. Are you kidding me? Pullman, the coffee house apartment, second floor. That's the stars born HQ. I guess that's where that's where the podcast was born. So I I mean, and I always have a special place in my heart for Pullman, just because it's the first place I went to college. Like you gotta have. I mean that first that first fall after high school graduation, if like just going to college, like moving away, five hours from home because Pullman's a five hour drive from here, and that's like a big step. That's a big step. I just I remember like just it changed it just changed me like as a person I kind of I definitely changed a lot from senior year from senior year to to college to like that first year of college I was just a completely like a completely different person I mean I'm sure a lot of people are but of course it's like a huge step but just in retrospect looking back it's just I had so much fun (laughs) I had I had way too much fun in back at uh I mean, I had a lot of fun at, at Western, like with just like partying and hanging out with my friends at Western. I mean, I made some good buddies. I made some good buddies at Western, like a couple of really good friends that, I mean, I already, I grew up with Chris Solar since I grew up with Chris Solar since, uh, like first grade. So I've known him forever since kindergarten or whatever. And uh, his mom was a math teacher at our, at our elementary school. And, um, but yeah, he was one of my roommates. But the other two guys, Luke and Steve, I never, I didn't meet them till till I moved to Western. But I mean, they ended up being from Bellevue and Seattle, so they're from right by Bothell. But uh, yeah, those guys, Luke and Steve, became like pretty good friends of mine, and they, they were my other two roommates. So I had um, Chris, Luke, and Steve, back in the uh, townhome, back in the south campus of. Western Washington University up in Bellingham, but we had so much fun. We, like, we probably, I mean, we definitely had too much fun, or I had too much fun. That's prob- that's definitely why I ended up transferring from Western and coming back home and uh, spending that fall going to Edmonds Community College, working for Old Spaghetti Factory. That's when I worked for Old Spaghetti Factory. When I was a uh, started at dishwasher, started at the bottom, worked my way up to pantry cook then spaghetti cook then appetizer cook worked my way up so you do it but um yeah I love I love going to western actually looking back at that time like that's that makes sense I think that's the main reason why I had to I, I like just I didn't have like I didn't have myself together at the time like I was I was 19 19 and 18 19 just just young, yeah, 18, 19, 20, going to Western, um, 
I mean, it's a fun school for sure, but it's just fun with friends. Like it can just get out of hand, especially at that age. Just looking back, like I had no, <laughs> I just no like worldview or just like, like point of view, like versus even versus now. Like I know that now at the age of 25, I have no worldview at all, like at all really, <laughs> especially since I've only been to Canada. <laughs> the only other country I've been to is Canada. But I've traveled the U.S. a lot, like I told you guys. I've told you guys about my travels to the U.S., going to the East Coast for the East Coast baseball trip back in 2008, and the Midwest baseball trip back in 07, and road trips with my family, like road trip down to Arizona, always driving to Montana and stuff. But I've traveled the country a lot, but not, not the world. Like, I don't have a worldly view at all. Like, that's something that I really, like, in the next decade... I I would love to go to like at least 10 new countries. That sounds like a good a good round number. A good goal to have. Go to 10 new countries in the next decade. Like I could see myself trying to do that. But I just want to have a more different different perspective. I don't know. Just trying to broaden my point of view of life. But I just didn't have enough experience. I mean, I still I still I still have to so much to do, I feel like, but Back then, I'm look. I'm still looking back at Western. My time at Western, I was just, I just didn't, did not have my head on straight. <laughs> like I was just, out. I don't know what I was doing. I was just having too much fun. I think, or maybe I don't know. Just having fun and just not not really paying attention, not paying attention to my own life. Like that's like the weird thing. Like, if if you're really getting a rut, you have to like. I think if I ever get in a rut, a good thing for me to do, just take a step back and like try to look at my life from like a from someone else's point maybe from like a stranger's point of view or something you know just be like that's how you accept like gratitude and stuff and like realize how like lucky you are to have like the things you have it's just to just like to look at your life from an objective point of view and um i think that's also a good way to get yourself out of like a little rut if you're ever feeling like rusty like i've said that before like that was the number one thing growing up for me that I wouldn't feel like I would just feel like a sort like sort of like rusty tinge (laughs) like 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 I had like not like sad like I was never like a super sad I've never I'm not like a sad person necessarily but if that sounds funny that sounds like something a sad person would say (laughs) um no I'm saying like expressing this thing doing right now what I'm doing talking on this podcast creating stuff, writing, writing books, putting stuff out to be consumed and just being an artiste, being an artiste. Um, <laughs> it just, it shakes the copper free and it, it brightens that uh, rusty tinge in it. It doesn't brighten it, but you know what I mean? It paints it, paints it checkerboard and fun, fun colors. It just completely changed it. Ever since I've started like making stuff, making stuff to be consumed, you know, that like, that's the main thing, just making stuff, keep making stuff, um, I just felt like, I don't feel rusty, I, like, I don't feel rusty anymore, you know, that's like, I was, I was never, like, a sad kid growing up, but sometimes, I don't know, sometimes just the days would be kind of gray, you know, or I think, I think I would spend, here's my number one thing, I would never, I, I can remember specifically in, like, math class, Mrs. Jacobson's math class, 11th grade, um, Bothell High School, just, she was, 
she was known for being like a strict teacher who would like, like be not mean to kids, but like rough, not rough with them, but you know, just tell kids how it, how it was. She was a strict rule follower. And I just remember sitting in her class and doing tallying up the days. Like I had a whole page of countdowns. It's so sad looking at it. Like in retrospect, it's sad. But um, I was counting down the days till like, till like my birthday, the days till the last day of school, days till, you know, anything, you name it, days till Christmas, day till 4th of July, day, the days till anything, the days till I graduate high school. Um, just, I don't know why I would ever do that. Why would I ever, that's such a weird thing to think about, but why would you make a list? Why would you make a whole page of countdowns? That's like the, the opposite of living in the moment of being present. Cause I was going to say, that's the number one thing I would have, I would have trouble with growing up was just being present. And that's the number one thing that creating stuff and becoming an artiste, <laughs> I love saying artiste. That's the number one thing that it's helped me with is being present in the moment. Cause like I can always just be present cause I've made all this stuff in the past that I'm like proud of. So it's like, and I want to tell people about it. I've made stuff that I want to tell people about. So anytime, basically I have like, um, what's the, the golden ticket? I have a golden ticket in my pocket basically. Cause anytime someone asks me any conversation, you name it, it could be with anyone in the whole world. And I just get talking with someone. They ask me like what I do and I can just tell them, I'll be like, I'm an author. I've, I have two books. I published two books on Amazon, chrisauthor.com. And just tell them all about it. And that's like something that's relatable. And they'd be like, I have a podcast. You listen to podcasts? Check out Stars Born. Tell your friends about it. Like you you, listen, you read blogs? Thegoat1.blogspot.com. Man, that was a pretty shifty way to get my plugs in right there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, that's the number one thing about be, making stuff, being, creating, is allowing me to be present in the moment. Because I'm always excited for people to be like, so what are you up to? So what do you do for a living? Wh- who are you as a person? Because I'm excited for people. Like I like, I like, I even like even more talking to people and getting to know them and like interviewing them and um, finding about what, what motivates them and what they do. But I mean, don't get, I mean, I have a big self-esteem probably. <laughs> Come on now, I got to do a solo podcast. Uh, I have a I feel like you have to have a good self-esteem to do a solo podcast, right? Because you're like, I'm making this and I know it's good because I know it's good and I'm the only person that's doing it. So I have to have high enough self-esteem to put it out. So that's how that's how I know I have good self-esteem is because I've put out so many episodes of this podcast, you know, because there's no one else who's telling me. I mean, <laughs> I mean, no one's give me feedback. Sure. Hit me with the feedback. I would love I need to, I need the feedback. Actually, let me know. Let me let me know what you like about the podcast, what you like about Stars Born. But I mean, the thing about making the solo podcast is I just I record it and I put it out because I don't it's not that I don't care. It's that I know that it represents me. It's a person and it's just it's just me. It's like me in a, in a little voice memo, a little uh, little audio file for you. But um, I'm proud of it, too. And it's, I don't know. What am I even talking about anymore? I'm talking about being excited to tell people. Pete Holmes put it best. I think Pete Holmes said it best. He said, when, you, when you're when you an artist, like you create stuff, an artiste, 
um, you have like a, a sign, a giant sign above your head that where whenever you walk around, it's like a giant sign that you're like, I can't remember how he said it exactly. Oh, that's an invisible sign. That's how he put it. He said, you have a giant like invisible like billboard above your head. It's like saying like, I'm awesome, but it's invisible. Like no one can see it unless, unless like you tell them about it. But it's, it makes you, it gives you that feeling inside. I'm probably explaining this terribly. I'm probably butchering Pete Holmes's sentiment here. But this was from uh, his podcast, obviously. I'm sure if you listen to this, you've probably heard of Pete Holmes. He's a pretty well-known comedian. Um, but yeah, he, he said like the invisible sign above your head. And that's how, that's like the motivation in your pocket. That's the, that's just gold. I think it's just gold. I'm just so excited to tell people. I just get very excited to tell people about uh, like what I do and to share, to share my work. Because that's like the number one thing is doing something. I mean, obviously you have to like make a living. You have to make a living somehow. But doing something that you can be proud of, even if, even if it's not your job, what if it's just your side hustle? People have side hustles now. That's a new thing. So I think you have to do something in order to be like fulfilled as a person, this is like my opinion. This is my opinion. <laughs> to be fulfilled as a person, you have to do stuff that you're proud of and that you want, you're excited to tell people about. That's like something I've come to realize. Because if you just, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, I like, I feel for the people who work in like cubicles, work 40 hours a week in the cubicle and, and like it sucks the life out of them and, they don't, they hate their job, you know, and and then and then they're so like built up with that like pent up hate inside them that like when they get home they don't want to do anything they just want to like crack a cold one and watch the Mariners game or something or just hang out just do nothing you know be lazy watch watch a rerun of the Office syndicated watch a, a used car version of the Office, um, but yeah I I feel I feel for those people like that sucks that does that probably does. Definitely sucks. Definitely sucks to work a nine to five job in a cubicle that you a job that you hate. But I think if you do that kind of job, like from my experience, from my brief experience as a Parks and Rec intern over at Covington Parks and Rec, uh, that was a lot of time in the cubicle, a lot of cubicle time that spring, uh, last spring. Um, I think you have to get you have to like have some sort of like good rapport good relationship with the people who work around you that's the number one thing is you have to value you have to put value on people who work in your vicinity like you can't just be ignoring people and and like treating them badly i think it's it's like hugely important if you work in that type of office environment just but i mean i'm sure it's tough for people because because they work like 30 years in a job that they hate i mean maybe you're listening right now and you're one of those people um I'm sure there's people listening to this right now who who are those people who work who work in cubicles. They work jobs they hate, and they're like, they've been doing it for thirty years or whatever, and they're just they're done. Like they're just done. They're in their their last straw, and uh, it's probably hard for them to to be nice to the people around them because because they just see the coworkers. Oh my god, I'm just watching the Mariners game still, and we just tagged up. Edwin Encarnacion tagged up on third. He just went home, slid headfirst into home, just and beat out the throw, just barely, barely. 
I like, uh, there's a little update for y'all. This is your mayor's update for the episode, for this episode of Star is Born. But yeah, get back to the people who, <laughs> those poor people who work in the jobs. And then they look at the people, their coworkers, and all they can see in their coworkers' faces is just that, the company. They can just see their company in their, their desk, and their like cluttered desk and the computer monitor and all that stuff that they hate, the water cooler. <laughs> But I mean, I don't think, I just think that's the wrong way to like look at life. Like even if you are one of those people who works in a cubicle, you should be grateful. Like find it in your heart. I'm sure it's tough to like give out, give up like all that time. It's giving up a lot of time of your life. That's the number one thing is it's not money, it's time. It doesn't come down to money, it comes down to time. But um, it's like, I'm, what was I just saying? I'm, I'm sure, I, I think it's probably tough for, for cubicle people, but I mean, I think some people probably like the cubicles. Like there's this one lady, the, the payroll lady, I can't remember her name. What was her name? But the payroll lady at Covington Parks and Rec. Oh, they just reviewed the call. The Royals challenged that call and he was safe. I love it. I love it. But I do not like how baseball, I don't think baseball should have challenges. I don't think baseball should have instant review. That's my opinion. But anyway, the lady at payroll lady at uh, Covington Parks and Rec, she was so nice. Like she was always smiling, like a huge smile on her face, like wherever she was walking around the office. And like she would ask me like she asked me questions like about what I did. And like I would tell her about my books and stuff. Or at that point, I only had sponge cake. Damn, what's in the fridge yet? But that's the example like she's a shining example of how to be a cubicle person. <laughs> like it's like a different breed of it's a breed of people. That's it's weird like the cubicle people. <laughs> that's like why honestly that's why I'm moving to LA. I don't want to be a cubicle person. I want to be a person who gets to spend my time doing something I want to do and earning money from doing that. And <laughs> writing would be that thing. Like writing, podcasting, creating, doing Hollywood stuff, <laughs> just anything anything in that in that vein um that's the stuff that gets me pumped up and that gets me so excited it's like the opposite of a cubicle for me but um if you are a cubicle person if you hate it then try to be like the payroll lady try to be like the parks and rec payroll lady just always smiling um asking people questions and like building relationships with your coworkers like not ignoring your coworkers and um like she would always she knew everyone's name. That was another thing. There was like, because Covington Parks and Rec is in the city hall. So there's probably like, I'd say over 50 employees. And I think she probably knew, she knew everyone's name. I mean, working in payroll, I suppose you do, you do work with every individual person, like on, I think briefly, not, not a lot, but just briefly. But um, I was just impressed. Like I, she knew everyone. And she, not only did she know everyone, but I remember her like asking me questions about like my books, <laughs> about um, like on like second, on like return visits, like, like w- weeks later, she, you know what I mean? That, which means it shows that she, she remembered, she stored it in her memory. I mean, she cares. Like that's the number one thing about memory is if you, if you just like let people know that you remember stuff that they tell you then it shows that you care and that you're listening to them. I think, I think that's like a big step. I mean, a step towards being like a 
a nice person to talk to and of just a good here's something that Hoppy was Hoppy was saying um, he was quoting Bill and Ted's excellent adventure to me and um, yeah what Bill and Ted said be excellent to each other and party on dude those are like the two things <laughs> and, and, and Hoppy said that that's how he lives his life like that's that's what he lives his life by is be excellent to each other and party on dude I like I like it like I ask, totally agree I completely agree because it's all about like the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you you know it's like the same it's a golden rule the same idea is be excellent to each other and party on dude I like that part too because that means have fun that means enjoy take joy you don't you give joy and you take joy you ever think about that you you can give joy to people but then you gotta be selfish sometimes you gotta take some joy for yourself I mean like you can take joy you don't have to take joy from people who are giving it to you know what I mean recognize when someone is giving like that payroll, like the Parks and Rec payroll lady. She's giving joy to people. So all you have to do is accept it. Take that joy. It's easy. She's handing it to you. It's like a sucker. It's like the Easter Bunny handing a sucker to a little kid. She's handing you the joy and you just have to take that joy. Man, I'm on fire. I feel like I'm on fire right now. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm just going to leave it at that. So um, thank you so much for listening as always. That, um, that, that'll do it. Um... Be excellent to each other. Party on, dude. And uh, have a great day. Have a great night. I love you. Bye-bye. I've got to tell you something. This phenomenon. I'd put it in a song.